0: Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of my podcast, the Build Muscle and Burn Fat Podcast. I said podcast twice, but we're gonna leave it in here because I think perfection is overrated. Now, if you've been listening to my podcast for the last few weeks, you would have heard a few episodes with some guests and you may have thought that it has become a little bit off track, but I believe those mindset uh, topic-based podcasts come with a lot of merit because i like to teach everyone here that if you come in with a fixed mindset and you're unable to accept new information, it becomes really hard and the journey becomes difficult and lonely. But once you start to establish that your body is no more than just a vehicle and your brain is actually or your mind is actually the driver and the pilot, it becomes more clear that once you can work on this, the body can go to many more places and further than you think. think. Anyway, today I'm gonna bring it back into more build muscle and burn fat, like the name of the podcast. And today's episode actually is a case study. I want to thank the person who sent this to me. I'm gonna keep everyone anonymous on this, so I'm gonna call this person Paul. Paul has sent me a question, and first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I did this because I wanted to help a lot of people, and I actually can't believe the turnout of how many people have actually emailed me, asking questions, DMing me on Instagram. It's been amazing. So to know that I've even made a difference to one person out there, and hopefully I'm making a positive impact, um, that, world, that really means the world to me. So back to doing a solo podcast. And I really like these case study ones because I believe I can really help one person which ends up helping multiple people out there as well. And when you send me a question, I always send back a questionnaire that you can um, send back to me so I can fill out in more detail and hopefully give you the right answers. Now I need to preface this of course, nothing outweighs obviously medical attention if you need it. So take what I have with a grain of salt. This is just my personal and professional opinion based off how I know you, which is basically through an email. So take it with a grain of salt and hopefully this can help you out. There may be some information I'm missing, but this might relate to you. So Paul came up to me and he asked me a few questions about losing weight. And to give you some context, I'll give you that over here. So Paul is a 45 year old man. He is looking to drop down to 180 pounds. He was 282 pounds in December and his goal was to then lose 100 pounds he currently weighs two hundred and fifty-seven pounds, so he's lost roughly around twenty-five. He's got roughly 77 three more pounds to lose. So that's already a lot of information out there. If you need to write that down, please do. One of the biggest things is he wants to try and lose weight as much as possible, as fast as possible. His height's roughly five foot five. His scales say that he's forty-five percent body fat, but he doesn't know how accurate that is. And I have mentioned in the past that these body comp scanners can be quite temperamental so we use other ways to actually measure progress as well. He's been training since December so that's really good to know because he started this journey in December and he sent me this question back in February. So I do apologize I obviously have other things to do with work but I wanted to make sure I put as much detail into this as possible. So in the meantime he has lost roughly around 25 pounds that's 12 kilos in roughly around just under 10 weeks. Now I'm making decent progress, I started tracking my weight weekly and I've lost five pounds per week for three straight weeks. So roughly around two kilos per week. I'm training seven days a week for two hours days, mostly doing three days of cardio and I do strength training. So right now I'm gonna go through some of the things that he's doing for training. On Monday he does strength training chest and triceps, then he follows it up with 30 minutes of bike and 30 minutes of treadmill. On Tuesdays, he does 60 minutes of bike and 60 minutes of treadmill. On Wednesdays, he does strength training back and biceps, 30 minutes of bike and 30 minutes of treadmill. On Thursday, he does the two hours of cardio again, bike and treadmill. On Friday, he then does strength training with shoulders and legs with some bike and treadmill 30 minutes each. Saturday, he's got some bike and some treadmill for 60 minutes each. Sunday, he's got bike and treadmill for 60 minutes each as well. Life, he doesn't really know how many steps he takes in a day. He is a welder and he works 45 hours a week. So I work with my hands and active all day. He sleeps roughly around six hours a day. In nutrition wise, he is in a caloric deficit. He eats roughly around 2,500 calories a day, he thinks, and roughly two meals a day and snacking throughout. In terms of his supplements, he's using multivitamins and he is also um, prescribed with 200 milligrams of testosterone which is a testosterone testosterone replacement therapy TRT and also those are probably things that we're going to address later on. I've been doing this since December 15th 2022. He wants to make sure that he can start to work more towards the less obese as he says and wants to work as hard as he can to lose his fat. If there's anything you can help please contact me. I appreciate you responding and helping. Well Paul we're going to make sure we try and drop this down as fast as possible or we're going to actually go through this as much detail as possible. So believe it or not the first thing I would say is your training is very intense and you may not think that. Now of course I don't know the actual split of the programs but one thing I'll say is there is a lot of activity there. Super super a lot of activity done and this is actually where most people might start to falter. Now Before I start going into the actual breakdown of this, one thing I'll say is that what gets you from plan A to plan B won't be the same as point B, should I say, to point C. So you've made an amazing change in the 15th of December where you decided to go through this exercise routine. And the biggest thing is now you've lost 25 pounds. Now, what most people do is, oh, this has got me to this point. If I can do more, I'll get more results. And although that can work, it does set you up for quite a bit of failure. And I know that you've reset this and I can kind of feel it as your personality that you want to try and get this off as fast as possible. But it doesn't take, it doesn't happen that you put on that, might I say, and I mean this really politely as well. Um, it didn't take you that much time to put it on, so it will take just as much time for it to take it off. So my real concern or my real focus for you is actually long-term health. So where can we go from here? First, I'll need to also put another one out there. I don't know much about TRT and replacement therapies. So this is something that's really good to speak to with an endocrinologist or anyone in the medical field who can talk you through this. But one thing I'll say is the testosterone therapy is probably helping you regulate more uh, energy as well. So it's probably what's getting you through and if not it's going to be the fact that you have a really strong mindset. But where can we go from here? The first thing I'll say is training wise I would like to reduce some of your training um, and there's a lot of cardio being done here. Now I have no problems with cardio but doing that much cardio might actually be a bit of a shock to the system and I know this is going to be the first thing that you might say or think is if I reduce my cardio where is this going to take me? For every single training session that you have with weights, which is on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, you're doing also 60 minutes of cardio afterwards. On Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays, and Sundays, we're actually doing Tuesdays, Thursdays, we're doing two hours of cardio on each of those days, which makes it eight. So this is what we call high stress fatigue. And after a while, when your body starts to accumulate all these fatigue points over training seven days a week, and you hopefully haven't felt it just yet, but I wanna prevent you from getting there, is that you start to outweigh how much you can recover from that fatigue. Given on top of that, you're also working as a welder. So it's good for me to talk about this, but what can you actually do? I would first actually start to reduce some of your cardio and even possibly take a rest day. Now, if you are someone who finds that quite hard to do, this is what we can do first. On your Sunday, I would say take a rest day and still go for a walk outside, try and maintain some sort of steps. This could be somewhere between 5,000 to 10,000, depending on how your joints feel, how your body feels as well. This shouldn't be super strenuous. And the reason why this is, if you keep inducing more fatigue on your muscles, it takes more time for it to be able to recover. And this means it's taking energy away from what your body actually needs, which is either the building the muscle or actually metabolizing efficiently as well. When we go through really big bouts of changes and acute changes, we also start to adapt to what we call metabolic adaptations. Your metabolism actually starts to adapt to what your body requires, which makes it harder for you to lose weight. So first of all, if you happen to do this, you might actually see your weight, yes, technically go up, but your body fat percentage may actually go down. See what happens with that. So we're going to implement the rest day on the Sunday. From here on your Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, you've got biking and treadmill. What I'd recommend that you do on these days is possibly reduce it down by 50%, and if you don't want to do that, reduce it by 75% do 45 minutes of the bike and the treadmill and see how that feels. Then once you start to feel a bit more confident in the process, and if it's moving in the right direction too, I could be wrong, but if it's moving in the right direction to let your recovery go up again, we can start to reduce it down to 30 minutes each or just 60 minutes of treadmill, bike, and um, on Saturday as well. Now ideally, if you could, I would love for you to be able to actually go down to 60 minutes on Saturday, Thursday, and Tuesday, possibly even less to have at least two days of rest. This is just a little bit more efficient for you. With your strength training, I can't really break this down with you, but chest and triceps, back and biceps, shoulders and legs. I have no problems with some sort of split like this, but if it's possible, you could do a full body workout from two exercises legs, like leg press and squats or deadlifts, to even saying that two pull movements, two push movements, those should be more effective as well, working somewhere between two to four sets working. And each week, you might wanna drop the reps down. So week one, you might be doing 12 reps. Week two, you might be doing 10 reps. Week three, you might be doing eight reps. And then week four, you maybe go back up to 10 reps, and you can actually cycle that through, changing some movements along the way. Now, I wish I could actually get into real precise training programs, Uh, but I can't do that for you unfortunately in just one podcast. Now this is going to be really useful for you because you're thinking well if I do really 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 hard what's going to happen? I talk about this quite a bit with all my face-to-face clients and even with some of my online clients as well. It's pretty cool that we can push ourselves through some really intense training but one thing is how long can we sustain this for? Now I talk about this in terms of how long are we going to keep exercising? We're going to exercise for the rest of our lives. If we exercise for the rest of our lives, this is actually going to be more useful for us. So for you to be training seven days a week, which obviously is taking a lot of willpower, takes a lot of strength and grit on this, might I add, this is very unsustainable to see what we can do all day. Because yes, we want to live a healthy lifestyle, but seven days a week, even for some of the best people in the world is quite intense. On top of that, you're also doing some welding too. So possibly look into how can we start to reduce some of our training so your body can recover so you can do better for longer. Because seven days a week, I have seen people do this. They tend to do it for maybe three or four months and you're closing in on four months now and then it starts to get harder and harder and it might drop off completely. So somewhere between three and four You could possibly do that for at least the next 10, who who knows, you could probably do this for the next 10 years and that will help you out more as well. Now, I know one factor is getting the weight fast, but I addressed that a little bit with you being able to be a little bit more patient with the process. Now, if it's still not working, then we can start to up things very gradually as well. And think of this kind of as tolerance. If we give someone something quite fast, their tolerance starts to build really fast too. And the only way that we can start to break that tolerance is to be able to add more on top of it. But more on top of something will always meet more than you can actually do, which is me talking about the fatigue and strength part as well. Now, if you don't know how many steps you take in a day, that'd be ideal for you because you might surprise yourself if you hit more than 7,000 or 8,000 it might actually surprise you how good this is going to be for you, because I found that with high amounts of steps, somewhere between eight thousand to ten thousand, has helped me feel better—not just physically, but also mentally as well. Takes less pressure off my joints, and you might find that helps you out because you may not need to hit the treadmill more if you're already hitting eight to ten thousand steps per day. Being a board for forty-five minutes or uh, for forty-five hours a week as well, so you work with your hands and active all day that's a really good thing to take into account that your daily job is more active than most people's lifestyles. So we can start to dial in a few things as well. One thing I'll say is in nutrition. So this is a really good one and this is probably where we're gonna finish it off as well and hopefully the information that I gave you has helped you out, Paul, I really do um, because my care for you is making sure you don't burn out. So in terms of your caloric deficit, this is a really good one for you to work on Uh, 2,500 calories a day I think for most people and myself included so please don't feel like I'm attacking you is that people don't actually accurately count their macros and calories so the best way that I can recommend that you do this and it's still not accurate as well and I might do another podcast on this I think I've already done one in the past so if you dig through episodes 60s to 50s you might see me put a podcast out there that talks about how calorie counting uh, apps and calculators are not super accurate, but they still give you a really good direction. So, from here, I'll say head over to some sort of calorie counting or basal metabolic calculator. Type in your stats, the ones that you gave me, so five foot five, age, and your weight, and then also put into consideration for your lifestyle factors as well. Now, from here it's going to give you uh, your basal metabolic rate, which is what your body requires when you feel it just to maintain lie down all day, do absolutely nothing, and for the sake of simplicity, we're going to call it two thousand calories. then on top of that, you're also going to put in how much you train and how much you work as well. Now, I would highly recommend that you put the training that I've put down for you, so you work you know train five days a week, that's probably possibly one and a half hours per day, so that's considered very active. And then your lifestyle as well, being always on your hands and feet, and your job is also active, you put that in and it'll give you, in the background, some sort of algorithm to calculate how many calories you should eat. So if it says that you need to eat 2,500 calories, and you wanna try and be in about a 10% deficit to 15% deficit, that's how you can kind of multiply that. And you times it by 0.85, And that should give you how many calories you should consume in that instance. And that would be a 15% deficit times it by 0.85. Now, Paul, you specifically, if you get stuck on this, email me back, okay? Now, from here, I need to go through probably some breakdowns of your calories as well. So, for yourself, being roughly around 257 pounds, that's roughly in my head, 130 kilos, I wouldn't recommend that you eat one gram per pound of body weight of protein because that's quite a bit. I would recommend that you eat roughly around 190 to 200 grams of protein and I think no more than that because that starts to obviously have reverse effects. Then from there, I would let you eat any sort of kind of breakdown with protein, sorry, with calories for your fats and your carbs for you to hit that. Now if you're a little bit confused on how to do this there is a less accurate way to do it but more consistent way and this is where I use the palm size proteins as well. So as a general rule for people who do listen to my podcast you know that I talk about palm size measurements for protein, fist size measurements for carbs, cup size measurements for carbs sorry, fist size measurements for vegetables and thumb size measurements for fats. For you I would highly recommend that you hit somewhere between six to seven palm sizes of protein per day. On top of that now, I would roughly hit roughly five cup sizes or five hand cup sizes of carbohydrates per day. Veggies, I would like you to hit at least three to four fist sizes of veggies per day. And once again, this is just what I would do. You don't have to follow this. Please follow a dietitian if you need to. And then from there, fats, I would see how you go with that roughly around five to six. Now, this is only recommendations. I can't say that this is what I'm prescribing you. I can't tell you this is what you need to do. I can't stress this enough. This is just me. If you were on a piece of paper, which is, I'm gonna be very honest with you Paul, don't know you that well. So I'm going with what's kind of in front of me and I wish we could have a face-to-face convo with this, but hopefully that helps you out. And if you could do that for roughly around three to four weeks, you might find your body actually being better too because a few questions I'd ask is, how are you feeling mentally, emotionally? Are you getting stronger? Are you still seeing some progress beyond? In terms of the weight, I know weight is one of the big ones you want to address. I'd see if you can actually find other ways to progress as well. Like are you seeing your clothes getting a little bit um, more easier or looser, should I say? Are you feeling stronger as well? Is your body feeling great? How are you feeling mentally? Now back onto the nutrition part, if you can, please, I recommend you eat as much whole-based foods as possible. It would be almost close to impossible to be able to eat 100% whole-based, but that's what we want to avoid anyway, because even some foods require some processing for us to be able to eat, including cooking, so that's what we can do from there. In terms of anything else, that's really all I can say. I wish that you have a great journey with this. I hope that anyone else who happens to be listening to us find it, found it useful, find it insightful, and probably even like how I do this. And if you talk to multiple people out in the world, you'll probably get multiple different answers. And a person that you see on camera or listen to on podcasts, is gonna be a lot different to someone you see face-to-face in person as well, or someone who actually knows you as well. So if you can, definitely take what I have given you on board you can take it with a grain of salt possibly meet with a trainer and see if you can get some really good information but if one thing I can say is push harder and if that's one thing that someone tells you to do possibly think twice because I think you're pushing plenty hard we're just going to see how we can get you towards your goals in a more length a more of a long-term journey stance but still getting your results along the way. Because the one thing that I tend to see over the last 13 years is massive amounts of people who white knuckle their journey all the way through burnout and unfortunately, they do give up. Which actually brings me to another point as well. If you do happen to have food that you enjoy, please take the time to enjoy it. Um, I always tell people, look, your nutritional compliance, so to speak, in terms of whole-based foods and sticking on this diet, so to say, I hate that word, But it's probably about 80 to 90% requirement. 80-90% of it needs to be compliant. That last 10% can be small little things that you enjoy. And the reason why I say this is so that people don't have this mental fatigue and burnout on themselves because they feel like they need to eat brown rice, chicken, and broccoli every single day, six days a week, seven days a week, and thinking this is real life. That's not really the, the message that I want to give to people out there. Now don't get me wrong, If you love brown rice, chicken and broccoli, which I actually do, I add to a certain extent, it tastes delicious. But every now and then, if someone's gonna ask me, what is your meal that you want to eat so you can relax on your day off with no work, having fun with everyone, it's probably gonna be one cheeseburger or one sort of burger. Now, making sure I don't overindulge by eating you know, five handfuls of fries. And one thing I'll say is, when I have traveled across the world, people's portion sizes are completely different across, okay? So when I've gone from Singapore, food portion sizes are small. I'm in Australia, food portion sizes are pretty normal to me because that's my normal habitat. When I went to America, the food portion sizes were massive. They'll probably double the portion sizes that I have in Australia, triple the size of the ones that you see in Singapore. So take that into consideration and go, hey, maybe I can eat the littlest amount to still enjoy it. Um, that's really all I can say. It's really hard to kind of work with someone that you can't converse back and forth with, but I really hope that this helps you out, give you a bit of insight. And Paul, if you're listening to this, please don't be afraid to just message me on Instagram. Uh, Check out some of the stuff I have there for you. It might help you out, but I'd love to see where your progress is coming along too. So please reach out once you've listened to this. Anyone else who happens to be listening to this, I hope this was helpful too. I just want everyone to keep building momentum. So all I can really say is if you enjoyed this podcast please give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It's the only way that I can really grow it or share it with a friend as well. If you happen to be listening on any other platforms please head over to say Spotify. You can rate the show there as well. If you're listening to this podcast can you please screenshot it? Tag me on your Instagram story at sean.momentum. I said period because apparently I have also forgotten that Americans don't say dot, they say period. So if you can do that, for everyone else, it's sean.momentum. I look forward to giving you another podcast in the future. Stay tuned for more, but all I can say for now, everyone, is keep building momentum.